Today, uh, we're concluding this series in the book of Romans. And I, as I was, was going to do it next week, but as I started studying chapter 15 and 16, I, I realized that like, th- you realize the depth of a personal letter, that we're reading someone's letter to another person or to a people. If I wrote, if I was in on the mission field and permanently in the Dominican Republic, but I wrote Novation Church a letter, this is how personal it would be. It would be from me. And Paul, towards the, in the end, in chapter 16, he's talking about, hey, greet the household of, of Rufus. Greet the, the, church, the people who meet in this house church. And he just lists all these people he's grateful for in, in ministry that has helped him in, ministry, in his ministry to continue the work of Jesus in the, in the church there. And as I was looking at all these uh, thank yous and greet so-and-so, I thought about all the people who do ministry here at this church and the people who have given their time, their talent, and treasure to make this church to continue to be a beacon of light and hope in a pretty hopeless world. And we're all in this thing together. So chapter 1 through 11, as I've said several times, very doctrinal, very theological, very mystical, and he's Paul's given this deep understanding of what Jesus really did for us. And then he shifts and makes it real practical and personal in chapter 12 through 16. As I was looking to see, God, what do you, what do you want to say through this? I saw this series of benedictions or blessings that Paul was praying as he wrote this letter to them. He was praying for them, and we have these prayers and benedictions now for us to to hold on to. What does it mean for us today? When you don't know what to pray, there's something that I do that I want to show you. So when when I read the Bible, I have colored pencils. And so when I see a principle in Scripture, I highlight it in yellow. When I see a promise... I highlight it in red. And when I see a prayer to pray, I highlight it in blue. I don't know if you can see the blue on this Romans 15 and 16, but I have found doing that, especially in Paul's epistles, that you can find these prayers that become such a cool uh, kickstart to your prayer life. So if if you don't know what to pray or you're new to praying, praying Scripture is a pretty good thing. And you will be praying what God wants you to pray when you don't know how to pray. So I felt like today's time together, this message is going to be more devotional. I've asked some people to participate with me in prayer as we go through these. So I just pray that you'd have an open heart, open mind to listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. Try to put aside all the cares that are, that are around you of the week before and the week coming and just listen. Just listen. Have your ears of your heart open. The, the word, I've titled today's message, Blessings. Paul gives these blessings to the Roman church, which are now ours too because of Jesus. To bless, um, you know, you can impart a blessing to somebody. You can impart a blessing. You can receive a blessing. We actually can bless God. Did you know that? You can bless God all over the Psalms. We see um, to bless the name of the Lord. 
And God doesn't need our blessing, but He wants it. He enjoys our blessings. We bless Him with our words, with our worship. We bless Him with our actions. We bless Him with our thoughts. We bless Him by by putting into practice how He says to live. That blesses God. But we can also bless, you can bless your children. You can bless your grandkids. We can bless friends. You can bless one another. Jesus gave a great example of this in Mark chapter 10. He said, let the children come to me. And when the children came to him, it says he put his hands on them and he blessed them. It's been pretty cool to get a physical prayer of Jesus over your life. But now we have the Holy Spirit and we have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living within us. So to bless means to bestow favor, to bestow favor. To be blessed means to be favored and to be happy about it, to be happy about it. A blessing is a bestowal of God's favor and benefits on another. And you have that ability to receive blessings and bestow blessings. Parents, bless your kids every day. Pray over them. Pray the blessings of the Lord, the promises of the Lord over their lives. Grandkids, now that I got a granddaughter, that's all I'm always praying. Even though we're at a distance, with them living in Hawaii, I'm always asking God's favor and joy to be upon her little life. But here's what you got to remember. This is such an important revelation. Jesus is God's blessing on humanity. He is God's blessing. He is God's favor upon humanity. A lot of people, most people don't realize that. That's our charge to share the good news of what Jesus did, that he's the blessing of God upon our neighbors, our co-workers, our family, on humanity around us. People need to hear that and have that awakened inside of them. So, we are to pass that blessing on. And here's one thing too, this is a little, a little nugget for any of you that are struggling to forgive somebody that has wronged you, betrayed you, or hurt you, is you can know that you've forgiven somebody, not by your feelings or by forgetting, but can you pray a blessing over somebody's life that that needs your forgiveness. You know you've forgiven when you can pl- pray God's blessing over their lives. And that's so important. Jesus, the heart, one of the hardest commandments he taught was love your enemies, bless those who curse you, bless those who persecute you. How many are in agreement with me that might be the most difficult thing he's asked us to do? Because we would rather retaliate. We would rather take revenge. And he's saying, don't do that. The way of the kingdom is not revenge. The way of his kingdom is blessing and forgiveness. So we're going to look at three things that I saw in Paul's um, letter here in Romans that within these gifts outflow, unleashes blessing upon our life. And the first is this. It's the blessing that unity brings. That when we walk in harmony, we walk in unity, it unleashes blessing, favor, joy upon our lives. Here's what he said. And and you can, you know, take these verses and use them in your own prayer life. He says, now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement 
grant you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that with one purpose and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unity. How much better is life when you're not in strife with somebody? How much better is your marriage when you're not fighting? How about in your household when you're not in strife? How about in church? In church, I I have a lot of pastor friends and a lot of you have experienced other churches and have experienced disunity and strife even to the point of church splits. That would break my heart if we had a church split over some petty thing, you know? How about the workplace? Striving for unity on the job. Oh no, I didn't, but I did. So to live in the blessing of unity, he said three things. Strive to be of one mind. In your marriage, strive to be of one mind. Be of one purpose. One purpose. Be of one voice, he says. That's a prayer of harmony and unity. Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters. Hello? Everything okay? Because I can't see anything. (laughs) How good and pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell in unity. It's important. And how good it is. Strife stinks. But harmony brings joy. So what will it look like? What would it take? Let's start with you married folks. Or you who want to be married one day. What's it going to look like to strive for unity? What's it going to look like to strive for unity in your friendships? What's it going to look like to strive for harmony in your home? What's it going to look like for us to continue to walk in harmony? I've invited Dan Enox to come up and he's going to pray a blessing over us, over you, a prayer of unity that will, that will release that blessing. Lord God, right now I just thank you for your blessing your blessing of unity, your blessing of unity in our households, in our marriages, with one another. Thank you for your unity in our families. Declare a blessing of unity in this church and throughout the nations, and then your church across the world. Just thank you for just your blessing of of hope and joy that we can come together and worship the one true King. That we can see what you're doing in our lives. That we can see what you have for us together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Dan. Paul shifts in the same chapter in chapter 15 and he talks about the blessings that hope, joy, and peace bring to our lives. The blessing of hope, the blessing of joy and peace. I mean, that is the Christmas message. That is the coming of the Son of God, the incarnation. He came to bring hope 
and joy and peace into humanity, into our lives. He says this, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Will you read that together? Let's read this together. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then he gives this one little nugget at the end. Now, now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Again, if Jesus is the blessing and favor of God upon our lives, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our peace. And I wonder if we're experiencing hope, joy, and peace right now. Hope, joy, and peace coming from Jesus is something that cannot be taken away. It cannot be taken away from your life. You know why? Because Jesus is not dependent upon our circumstances for those to be true for you and I. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What a great passage. He doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let's just quickly look at these three. Hope. Hope is the confident expectation of God's faithfulness. It's you believing and trusting that God will be faithful to you. Hope is not based on circumstances. Hope is based on what Brian talked about and prayed about on eternal life. In this life, you're going to have trials and struggles of many kind, but I've overcome the world. So this isn't heaven. Our time in these bodies on this earth will never be heaven. We want it to be. And there's a longing inside of us for a life without strife and and without sorrow and sin and sickness. It's in the life to come. So our hope's in, in that. And then joy. We have the joy of the Lord to be our strength. We have the joy of the Lord. Jesus said, my joy is made complete in you. Jesus is a joyful Messiah. God's a joyful God. He's not unhappy. He's a joyful God. It's a fruit of the Spirit to have joy. And often I think we think joy, you know, can I have joy in the middle of grief? You can because of hope. Hope leads to both of these truths. Peace. Jesus said this, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but my peace I give you. Worldly peace or finding peace in the world has everything to do with circumstances. If life is going good, I'm not in pain, I don't have difficulties, then that's worldly peace. Jesus is saying, I have a peace for you that goes beyond anything we can experience. He's the prince of peace. The prince of peace. I've asked Alicia Dennis to come up and pray over these. And as she's coming up, Janelle said, what's Alicia going to be praying about? And I said, hope, joy, and peace. And she goes, well, she has two daughters named Hope and Joy. And now that they're done, she now has peace. (laughs) (laughs) And when I was texting her, um, if she would be willing to do this, and we text back and forth, and 
And she sent a last text. She said, put me in, coach. I'm ready to pray. I thought, right on. Um, so what Scott doesn't know is before I pray, I actually want to share something. So it's dangerous to give me the mic, apparently. Just Mark, not you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before I pray, I just wanted to share something quickly. Um, the last two weeks have actually marked the anniversaries of four deaths in my family. Um, my great-grandfather, both my grandfathers, and actually my father. Um, and I know I'm not alone in this. Um, just yesterday, I read about four different people who have lost close friends this past week, um, or family members. So when people say, um, this is the most wonderful time of the year, it sometimes stinks because I can often feel like it's a time of funeral planning, funeral attending, and remembering those we've lost. It can be difficult to feel hope or joy. Yet I know the truth of the scripture Scott just shared, and I'm aware that one of the characters of the Holy Spirit is to be our comforter. Last night I also came across this quote it's okay to feel, to feel both grief and gratefulness, to feel both sadness and joy, to feel both loss and hope. These emotions make us real. And this holiday, there's truly space for both. So now I'm going to pray. Father, I pray for the people of Novation, the people of this city, and the people around the world. I pray for those of us who are hurting, those experiencing loss, those who feel forgotten, those of us who are sad, those of us who are grieving. Thank you that you are with us, that you see us, you know us, and that you have sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. Father, we ask that you will be a source of hope and joy and peace. We believe when you say to us that these abound through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are grateful that you are compassionate, that you see us and know us, and can hold space for both sides of our reality, the grief and the gratefulness, the sadness and the joy, the loss, and the hope. Help us all to be aware and sensitive to those around us who are hurting and may just need a quiet presence to walk with them. And also for those who are celebrating and joyful and want to shout it from the rooftops. The beauty of your sovereignty is that you can be present to both as we experience both in our humanity. 
We're asking you to fill all of us with joy and peace this season. To fill those sitting in this room, those watching online, those we interact with in our comings and goings. The truth and the promise of your joy and peace and hope can infuse all of our interactions. Thank you for seeing us, for loving us, for knowing us so well. We praise you in your name. Amen. Thank you. It's pretty cool when you realize we're led by the Spirit of God. Like, I asked her to do that point having no idea how the Holy Spirit was going to speak to her. Holy Spirit, He is our comforter. He's real. And He's leading and guiding us. And He fills us. And He lives and dwells within us. Listen. Listen to Him. He's always leading us with that still, small voice. The third blessing is the blessing that stability brings in our life. When things seem unstable, it's hard to function. But when you know life is stable because of Jesus, then we can face the difficulties. We can face the potential of a layoff or getting laid off or in between paychecks when things don't always seem to jive. We have stability because of Jesus. A house, as a physical illustration, is only as stable as its foundation. You can have a beautiful home outside and inside, but if the foundation wasn't built right, then your house is in trouble. Jesus gave a, a, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, He said, after He says, all the, the way of the kingdom how he talked about the way of the kingdom and the way of Jesus. He says, therefore, anyone who hears my words and does them is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The right foundation is the way of Jesus. And I want to encourage our young people in here, don't build your life on sand. Don't build your life on, the, on, on, on unstable things. Build your life on the way of Jesus. And you will have stability throughout your life, throughout the difficulties. Because Jesus went on to say, he said, there was a guy who built his house on sand and a guy who built his house on the rock. He said, the storms came, the wind came, the rain was devastating. He said, the man who built his house on the rock, his house stood through that. But the man who built his house on the sand, his house crumbled. And so for, for what he's saying there is build your life on Jesus. Build your life on Him and His way. And you're building your life on a firm foundation to have stability. Here's what Paul says, how he closes out the book of Romans. Now to Him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of of the mystery which has been kept secret for long ages past, but now has been disclosed. And through the scriptures of the prophets, in accordance with the commandment of the eternal God, has been made known to all the nations, leading to obedience of faith 
to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Life can feel unstable, but when you're anchored to Jesus, or you realize He's tethered and anchored to you, and you remind yourself of that over and over and over, who we're talking about, that, that we're anchored to, is the creator and sustainer of all things and the redeemer of all things. Go read Colossians chapter 1, 15 through 21, and you will see who it is we follow. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. The very universe that we live in is held together by His Word. The air we breathe is, is His air that He's providing for us, His creation. It's all His. And Jesus said all authority had been given to Him. He is the final say on everything. And when we look around the world, it seems, seems unstable with war and terrorism and craziness that's going on. Jesus, we're in this in-between uh, phase of His victory over the war, over sin, death, and the evil one. He won the victory. But there's a battle still going on as we, His people, are going about sharing the good news of what He's done to this world. Jesus said, this gospel will be preached to the ends of the world, to all the nations, then the end will come. And when the end comes, experientially, we will experience His stability throughout all eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. So we're stable now. We should expect trouble. We should expect sorrow in this life and not be caught off guard by it. But know that He's overcome and He's coming again one day and he's going to set it all right. I've asked Dwayne Powers to come up and pray about this blessing that stability brings. Heavenly Father, I, uh, <clears throat> I lift up this church, and we corporately, Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What he has done can't be shaken, can't be undone. The stability of what he did on that cross for us is, is not something that is up for debate, not something that we have a promise that we're still hoping for, but he's already done that. Lord, every soul in this room lifts up the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the stability. The last four years, since COVID probably, we've, we've had so much instability. So many sandcastles have been knocked down. And some of us fervently try to build up new ones, but we just pray that when we build we build on the rock that is Jesus Christ. And you encourage us and give us the people around us. Give this church each other so that we can hold each other up and accomplish your purpose here in this area. In Jesus' name. Thank you, brother. Will you stand with me? The worship team is going to lead us in the song, The Blessing. That comes right out of Numbers and the, the Arianic blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Give you his peace and his rest. We're going to sing this blessing. As, as, as we sing it, receive it. Because blessing is, all, blessing is all about receiving it. When we exchange gifts at Christmas, you take the gift. You say thank you. You open the gift and you enjoy it. 
It's the same thing with the blessing of God, the blessing of Jesus. If you've never opened your heart to the reality of Jesus, you just receive him. You receive him in faith and agree with him that he is Savior and Lord. And then you give him the keys to your life. that He gets to be in the driver's seat and you follow him. That's what it means to be his disciple. So corporately and individually, let's receive his blessing this morning so that we can go out and we can distribute that blessing in a world in dire need of it. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord turn his face toward you and give you
and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may us favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going and your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 grandparent makes those words even like I was bawling he's for you may not always feel like that because of circumstances he is for you and if God is for us who can be against us Jesus Thank you for bringing us into your relationship with your Father.
through the Holy Spirit. Would you help us to let you lead and guide our lives, our relationships? Lord, we want to move continuously from just believing to full-on following you. Full-on following you. We're aware of our failures. I know the enemy always likes to point out our failures to us too. Remind us that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, though, we invite your conviction to convince us of sin and righteousness so that we would live full lives of joy as we follow you. Lord, would you bless and strengthen every marriage represented in this room and online? May there be unity and harmony, Lord, forgiveness and vision for each marriage. God, bless each family, each friendship, each home group, every person, Lord, to be aware of the blessing and to pass it on in Jesus' name. Amen.